Hey friends, welcome to Metacosmios. I'm your host, Jay. Thanks for being here. Happy solstice and many Mercury Kazemi blessings to all you fine folks. The astro weather for December 21st and 22nd as this episode goes live is so magical to me. We've got the sun entering Capricorn late in the evening on the 21st, which creates the winter or the December solstice, which is the rebirth of the sun here in the Northern Hemisphere and a time of new beginnings no matter where we are on Earth. And then on the afternoon of the 22nd, while the sun is still at that zero degree mark of Capricorn, it meets with Mercury retrograde and we get the Kazemi, a very beneficial place for Mercury a brief but magical window of time where the Mercury retrograde is almost paused. You know, there's like this potential for some clarity and insights and aha moments. Mercury is being purified by the sun's fire as it moves through in the heart of the sun. That's what Kazemi means in the heart of. And it's being reborn. And we might experience this. We might be able to use this to our advantage to freshen up our thinking and shift our perspectives. And it also means that we have reached the halfway point of the retrograde, which is always a fun thing to note. How has this Mercury retrograde been for all y'all? I feel like the shadow period hit much harder for me this time around, maybe because Mercury was in Sagittarius, and that's a difficult sign for Mercury to navigate. But I've also been navigating a personal Mercury-Neptune conjunction in my natal chart. So transiting Mercury has been kind of hovering over those early degrees of Capricorn and hitting my natal Neptune. And things have definitely felt intangible, ethereal. I've been imagining and fantasizing and dreaming and not a lot of doing, not a lot of linear thinking, which isn't terrible. You know, sometimes sometimes that's how we get to our destination is by going in loops and spirals and circles. About a week ago now, uh, on a weekend or something, I took a little bit of an edible, got out my colored pens and started marking the transits for January 2024 on my calendar. And then from there, I was like, oh, you know what? I want to like rework my schedule. I had been feeling for a little while like my routine needs a shakeup. Something needs to shift. Like it's not really working in this current iteration. What can I do? And I had had these ideas percolating, but nothing was really coming together. And then I had this like total stoner moment of like, Oh, dude, Mercury is in my third house. Like while in Capricorn, it's in my third house of daily routines, rituals, you know, and it's in a sign Capricorn that is so structured. And at the time of this like stoner boner breakthrough, Mercury had kind of like reached the degree that it was going to retrograde at. And here I was with all of my fancy pens, rethinking my entire schedule, my daily schedule, restructuring 
my goals and my approach to time management. And it was just so funny to me that like this Neptunian energy of distorting and altering your like thinking and your perception is what brought me the clarity on this. A different kind of clarity than, you know, like we would normally think of, but still. And then, you know, I started thinking about how transiting Mercury and transiting Neptune have also been in conversation while Mercury was still in Sagittarius. They were forming a square with one another. And I've got this Mercury-Neptune conjunction happening in my natal chart. So the Mercury-Neptune combo has been pretty prominent for me. And the Neptune of it all had kept me in this very dreamy and imaginative state where I was like, oh, this is, wouldn't this be nice if my schedule could look like this? Or wouldn't it be amazing if the daily routine was, you know, ABC? Oh, like what a dream world. (laughs) Instead of actually just like putting pen to paper, getting practical about it and figuring out how to ground it in reality. And then the day of the station, like the day Mercury stationed retrograde, which is usually a day when there is like the most delays, the most messy retrograde energy because Mercury isn't moving at all. It was the most productive day I've had in so long. And this is part of what I love about astrology is that as you continue to move through your life and you live the astrology, you realize that it's got different stories for you. It's going to show up differently. It's it's teaching you. You know, you're learning all the time with it. So it was this like strangely productive day on the day of the station. I got so much writing done. It was like I had a complete stillness of the mind, but like in a good way, there was like mental calm. Distractions were cut away. And it was like instead of the typical, you know, mishaps and obstructions of a retrograde station. It was like the mental chaos and the scattered focus, they were getting delayed and derailed instead. And I kind of wondered like, oh, maybe this has to do with Mercury being in an earth sign, Mercury being in such a structured and grounded and practical earth sign. This like pause, this standstill helped to create that mental stillness. I don't know. I'm sure other people had their fair share of retrograde mishaps and annoyances or or station day mishaps and annoyances, I should say. But it was so interesting to experience that. Now, I suppose time will tell if there's like a ton of mistakes and typos in all the writing that I did. But like I went back over it and I was like, I don't know. I think this is good. So we'll see. Now, I've also been navigating a Pluto square Mercury transit in my chart. So transiting Pluto in Capricorn, uh, squaring my natal Mercury in Libra. And, you know, that's been going on for uh, since like early 2022. So that's been changing the shape of my communication and the way I interact with the world for some time now. It's really taught me a lot about the power of words and ideas and different styles of communication. And it's shown me just how much You sometimes have to really dig deep to find the right words to convey your meaning. And sometimes that's to my detriment or 
to the detriment of somebody going through that transit because, you know, you can get lost in word caverns, otherwise known as the thesaurus. And then you start reading the origins of words and you get lost in that word cavern. And anyways, many of you will know that I've been waffling back and forth for months on what to name this podcast. I've been thinking about this for so long. I mean, more than the months that I just spoke of, like for a while. I have spent way more time than I maybe should have thinking about it, but you know, it is what it is. But I really feel it's this Pluto Mercury that's been asking me to just keep digging, dig deeper, go further. Don't settle for whatever just sounds cute or like comes easy. Because as soon as that Mercury square Pluto went exact and for the final time, like I said, this has been happening since early 2022. And then kind of around the same time I had that like Neptunian stoner breakthrough, that square went exact and it was like, bam, the revelation comes through. The name comes through. And it has, for me, this mysterious, unearthed from the depths type of energy. And it all feels so connected for me, like transiting Pluto in my third house, chatting with my natal Mercury. Mercury, for anyone that might not be aware, is the planet of like communication and words and ideas and thought processes. And, you know, as I mentioned, the third house is a place of daily routines and rituals, but it's also the house of communication. It's kind of your regularly scheduled program. So it would be any of the places you visit on a daily basis, which, you know, in this digital age would also include any of the websites that you go to on a daily basis. And it's kind of the things that we do on that regular basis. So it could be a blog. It could be a podcast, right? And so, yeah, transiting Pluto in my third house, chatting with my natal Mercury, transiting Mercury also in my third house, chatting with my natal Neptune, Neptune being this planet of like, yes, illusion and deception, but also dreams and spirituality and connecting with the divine sometimes. And so suddenly all of these elements come together and my dream of this new podcast name suddenly becomes truth. But I had to go through so much digging and so much contemplation and I really had to look under like every rock, so to speak. And I love, I absolutely love the idea of my Mercury retrograde in the third house story being a rebranding and a renaming. You know, like it's not like this is the launch of a new show. This show has been around. It's just getting a little redecoration of sorts. So Metacosmios is born. And for anyone that might not know what this word means, Metacosmios is a term I learned through astrology. Shocking, I know. And it's used in reference to the cadent houses in an astrology chart. The cadent houses are the 12th, 9th, 6th, and 3rd houses of the chart. And the cadent houses are said to have this sense of being between the worlds. And to be specific, it's everybody's 12th, 9th, 6th, and 3rd houses. All of those houses in every single chart 
are going to be cadent. Now, my primary source for Metacosmios does come from the incredible astrologer Demetra George. And in her book, Ancient Astrology in Theory and Practice, Volume 2, she explains that Metacosmios translates to the state between worlds, the, quote, alternate states of consciousness experienced in the liminal realms, unquote. And then later, she goes on to say about the cadent houses that, quote, they are not optimal locations for worldly business. Instead, planets in cadent houses encourage the cultivation of the inner life, which can be fortunate in a non-material sense, unquote. So the cadent houses speak to intuition and inner wisdom, to a kind of self-confidence and a connection to the divine or to spirit or the universe or your higher self, whatever language you vibe with. And those things aren't always seen as valuable in the external productivity-driven world, but are incredibly valuable for a rich internal life. And the Caden houses can be very liminal spaces. You know, they are where we find themes of transition and travel. In some of the ancient texts, they were known as places of wandering. They were said to be falling away from the more prominent angular houses, which are the first, fourth, seventh, and tenth houses. And in this, you know, falling away, they all indicate some kind of movement. All of the cadent houses, they have some kind of movement inherent within them. The cadent houses are places where we are modifying, rearranging, changing, and undergoing metamorphosis. There is this concept in astrology called the planetary joys, which assigns each of these seven traditional planets to a house where they rejoice, where they find their joy, where they are the happiest. And this concept likely connects to how the houses derived their meaning in the first place. But the Caden houses are unique in that each one provides a joy for a planet. So we have the moon rejoicing in the third house and the sun in the ninth. And then we have Mars rejoicing in the sixth house while Saturn does so in the twelfth. So we have the luminaries, the sun and the moon, and the malefics, Mars and Saturn, the bringers of life and of death, of light and dark. And I love thinking about that power that the cadent houses hold to be these places of these opposites, to be these places that are betwixt and between. And I'm almost certain some of my fascination with the cadent houses comes from the fact that half of my planets are in cadent houses. Like, in fact, three of my most important planets are cadent. So I'm sure that, you know, helps. But I love the rich worlds within each cadent house. You know, they're places where we find ritual and divination and mundane magic and spirituality. You know, the third house is named goddess for, you know, the moon's rejoicing, while the ninth is named God for the sun's rejoicing. And I think of rituals as liminal spaces, you know, where we're crossing a threshold from our state of being before the ritual and then our state of being after the ritual. When we are in ritual, we are in that sort of suspended 
liminal space. And I think podcasts, which are a very third house thing, can also be quite liminal. And they travel with us during liminal times through liminal spaces. You know, they join us throughout our daily routines or during travel, whether it's a short distance or a long distance. They keep us company when we're alone, which is a 12th house thing, or when we're feeling sick, which is a 6th house thing. And, you know, maybe this is reaching a little bit, but the future of this show is expanding to include conversations with others, conversations that will bridge, which is a very liminal space type of object, place, a bridge, uh, the conversations that bridge the gap, another type of liminal space, between astrology and a wide variety of topics. I would also like to talk more about transits that have passed rather than always talking about the transits to come, which isn't necessarily liminal, but I think does connect back to the idea that the cadent houses are not, you know, quote, conducive to worldly business. There's something about that that makes me think the cadent houses are like anti-capitalist and anti-hustle culture, you know, like they are spaces where We take time for rest and retreat where we can focus on physical and mental health. It's where we travel and pursue education, pursue learning, or where we engage in magic and daily ritual, where we fill our cups, which, again, aren't always the most valuable uh, activities in our productivity-obsessed world. A world in which I think we get a little too focused on the future and what that next big transit is going to mean for us, and we forget to connect back in with how the transits of the past have shaped us and helped us to grow. It's a forepast, if you will. (laughs) And if that retrospective style of learning astrology feels interesting to you, you should definitely check out the Cosmic Map Coven. That's my Patreon community. We have a monthly circle, which is this virtual gathering where we talk about how the astrology of the recent weeks and months has been like coming alive for us in our charts and we all learn from each other. And so there's that too. And, you know, going back to that liminality for a second, like let's be really, really fucking real for a minute here. This podcast has been in an absolute state of constant transition since its inception. I mean, it has gone from being a tarot podcast with four hosts to three hosts to two hosts, and it is now an astrology podcast with one host that has now had three different names. So I think Metacosmios helps us to, helps me perhaps, helps us to fully embrace and honor that influx nature. And, you know, interestingly enough, this podcast first debuted during a Mercury retrograde. So that idea of being like in between is kind of just baked into the nature of the show. And speaking of Mercury retrograde, I do want to talk a little about what is to come for the rest of this retrograde because You know, it's not like forecasting isn't valuable. It is valuable. I just think we don't put as much emphasis on looking back. But Mercury retrograde is about looking back. So we can look forward and look back at the same time or something. It doesn't matter. I want to talk about the rest of this Mercury retrograde. 
it's about to get messy. It's about to get frustrating. And hopefully some of this will help you navigate it a little more gracefully. So Mercury will retrograde back into Sagittarius on December 23rd at like 1.20 a.m. Eastern. So, you know, pretty late in the evening on the 22nd in the West Coast. Now, Mercury is in antithesis in Sagittarius. You might have also heard that referred to as in detriment or in exile. All those terms work. The point being that Mercury's nature is somewhat at odds with the nature of Sagittarius. And so Mercury has more difficulty expressing itself fully or accessing resources that would make its life as ideal as possible. It doesn't mean that if you have Mercury and Sagittarius that you're going to like suck at communicating or never be a writer or something, but it might be an area of life where you struggle and you have to find your own way of navigating, you know, like the traditional methods just don't work the same for you. And of course, that will be different depending on where, let's say you do have Mercury in Sagittarius. If you have it in the second house as opposed to the sixth house, that's going to manifest for you very differently. Now, for all of us, when transiting Mercury is in Sagittarius, like it will be once again on the 23rd and like it was in November, it means that Mercury is doing things differently. So communication, technology, travel, logistics, scheduling, writing, editing, data collection, all these Mercury things are going to have to be done in ways that might feel a little strange or cumbersome. You know, these parts of life get a little harder to grasp, a little harder to do without some bumps. Things feel inconsistent. And that will be the case for the Sagittarius part of your chart but also for the Gemini and Virgo parts of your chart because those are the houses that Mercury rules. So Mercury's condition is going to have an impact on those houses. And really, it's just that, you know, these areas require more effort and more awareness at this time. You know, we have to to stop operating on autopilot in these areas of life and actually come into greater presence and consciousness to be able to navigate what's happening. And that idea is going to be especially helpful since Mercury moving back into Sagittarius also brings another square with Neptune and a conjunction with Mars. And that's all happening at the same time. These energies are swirling around the last week of December. And then both of those aspects I mentioned are going to perfect right on December 27th. And it just looks murky and maddening. You know, Mercury square Neptune in Pisces while Mercury is retrograde and in antithesis is basically the melty face emoji. You know, it's foggy facts, diluted data. It is ripe for misunderstandings and cross wires, confusion and disappointments. It, it really is like Mercury retrograde, but now with more retrograde, you know, and this is made extra dicey by the fact that Mercury will also meet up with Mars, which can give a sharpness and an abrasive edge to our words and our conversations. So with all of this happening around the same time, it really reads like misunderstandings that lead to heated arguments. 
you know, jumbled thoughts that lead to jumbled words that come out in a way we really don't want them to. And they might end up hurting someone because the tone is unclear. The choice of words isn't ideal. Everything just gets misinterpreted somehow. This really feels like that part in an argument, in a fight, where you're like so heated and so passionate, but you've also completely fucking forgot what you're arguing about. You're just like going in circles. Nothing is getting resolved. You're repeating yourself. Tempers are just getting more and more exacerbated. It's not fun. So it's a messy day. Messy day for sure. There is a bright spot because the sun will be in a trine with Jupiter same day, kind of right in the middle. Mercury is going to square Neptune first. Then we're going to get the sun trine Jupiter. Then Mercury will conjunct Mars. And my hope is that that sun trine Jupiter, which is so vitalizing, so life affirming that it doesn't get overshadowed. And I think there's a potential for it not to because Jupiter is actually ruling over all of this mess in Sagittarius and Pisces. So it's ruling over Mercury, Mars, and Neptune at this time. And so at the very least, the fact that, you know, their planetary host is forming such a positive interaction with the sun, that could mean that there is a silver lining to everything or some kind of hope to hold on to. Like there is definitely a thick fog over this day, but we might be able to see a bit of light trying to poke through. We might see a light that we can follow, a bit of optimism that can shine our way out, that can lead us out of that spiraling fight. And I think maybe leaning into that Jupiter and Taurus call for grounding and moving slowly and steadily could be really helpful to kind of just manage all of the all of the messiness. Now there's a ton more we could talk about with Mercury retrograde and Jupiter and Taurus and the seven other aspects and transits happening in the final week of December. It is so packed. So if you are curious, you'll want to head over to the Cosmic Map Coven. There you will find in-depth forecasts for December. January's forecasts are dropping soon as well. And just a little sneak peek, I am trying something a little different for the January forecasts. Instead of videos, um, we're going to be doing an audio file and a PDF booklet. So you'll be able to listen along as you read the PDF, but you'll also have the PDF for like kind of quick reference as the month goes on. It's also going to have a calendar. It has a list of helpful dates throughout the month or, or days to avoid doing certain things. So the PDF will be jam-packed with goodness. And there's also this like, you know, I don't know what to call them. I call them Zodiac deep dives, but they're like these 101 classes um, for the Zodiac signs. And so far we've got Scorpio, Sagittarius, and Capricorn all ready for you to go. So there's so much to keep you busy over there at the Cosmic Map Coven. And, you know, even though December is almost finished, the forecast for earlier in the month could still really be helpful for that idea we talked about earlier, making or helping create context for events in the in the previous weeks, the forepast, right? And if you have stories that you want to share 
about what's been happening for you in December, please do get in touch. I truly mean it. I love hearing about astrology and astrology stories from people. So email me, j at jasminesastrology.com. Send me a DM on Instagram, Jasmine's Astrology. You can come find me on threads at Jasmine's Astrology. And you know, I'd normally say like, just scream into the void and I'll probably hear you, but it's Mercury retrograde. So let's not take any chances. Email me, DM, come hang out on socials, whatever you would like to do. I would love to hear from you. Thank you all so much for listening. That's going to be it for this episode. It's really good to be back. It's good to be in your ear holes again. I've missed you. Thanks for being here. I will see you again soon, but until then, I'll catch you in the cosmos.